0: Amen. It's so good to to be with you guys today. I just want to second what Pastor Dylan just said, that if you are a guest today, welcome to chapel. We are so glad that you're here with us. Maybe you're joining us online for the first time. Thank you so much for being a part of our service today. Can we just welcome our guests in the house today and those people watching online. Thank you so much for being a part of chapel. Thank you for being with us today, man. What an honor to be able to share God's Word with you today. My name is Anthony, and I get to help out around here and serve around here and just connect with so many of you. So, thank you for uh, just allowing me that opportunity just to share this morning. I'm excited about what God's going to do today in this service. Man, what a great week. Uh, Anybody else? Thanksgiving, one of the, like, most favorite weeks of the whole entire year for you besides me. I love Thanksgiving. Okay, me and Pastor Bobby. That's good. All right, one other person. Anybody else love Thanksgiving week? Like, oh man, I love it. It's food, it's naps, it's more food, it's football. I mean, how many of y'all know like There is no way in the world Nick Saban was not in that stadium yesterday. He was in section 102 with a wig on and a mustache, and he was calling the shots. There is no way he was not in that stadium yesterday. They said he wasn't, but I'm telling you, you can't convince me uh, that he wasn't there. And so food, football, friends, family, some of you this year looked a little bit different with a pandemic. Maybe you were virtually meeting up with family and friends, and I tell you what, this year's has brought a lot of challenges, but I also believe that this year has uh, pushed the mission and the vision of the church forward as well. We've been able to pivot and see God do some great things in chapel and not just in chapel, but in the capital C church as well. And I'm excited to see what the future holds for God and his church and for everything he has for us. Amen, chapel. Well, come on, I'm excited to see what God has in the future for Chapel, his church, and the Capital C Church. Amen, Chapel? I believe it's good and it's not bad. I believe it's moving forward and not regressing backwards. So thanks again for being with us today. Today I'm going to share about the miracle in the middle, the miracle in the middle. We had a, a great time at Thanksgiving. We actually uh, go out of town as a family and talking about uh, things that happen over Thanksgiving break, things that that, that um, things that that happen you don 't expect to happen, things that happen that you aren't looking to happen, as I was actually out of town with my boys, we were playing basketball uh, one day, I think it was Friday, and uh, I have to say this so I can explain something all right we were We were playing basketball Friday, and me and Eli Knox and we were shooting some hoops, playing having fun, and the basketball rolled over out of bounds underneath some chairs that were stacked up to the side. I was so focused on getting the basketball, I didn't pay any attention to the chairs that were stacked up. I reached down to grab the basketball. As I reached down to grab the basketball, not paying any attention to the chairs, I smacked my face on the corner, the top corner of one of the chairs and almost knocked myself flat out. Uh, I have a nice little cut underneath this eye to, to show and prove it. And I thought for sure, I told Lisa, I said, I'm going to have a black and blue eye. Like, there's just no way around it. And I'm just going to have to tell everybody that we got in a fight and you got me good. <laughs> but uh, I really did. I thought like, man, I'm, I'm not going to be able to make it. I had to sit down for a few minutes and Eli and Knox are laughing at me. They're like, oh, just do what you tell us. Rub some dirt on it and keep going. I'm like, yeah, I see what you're doing. We had a great time, though, as a family, and I'm sure you guys did, too. The miracle in the middle. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, I'm excited to share with you this. I believe that God, he he gives us vision and dreams for a purpose. Anybody else in the room? He gives us vision and dreams for a purpose. He speaks his will for our lives to us. And uh, I think that it's really exciting when we hear that for the first time. And I think it's really exciting to see that come to pass in our lives, to see that vision happen. But I think a lot of times we miss the journey of the middle and the struggle of the middle and we try to discount that. We try to, to push that to the side, but really the middle is where it all happens. The middle is where it really takes place. The, the middle is where the vision solidifies in our heart and in our, in, our, in, our, in our lives and in our families and where we're at and we're going to talk about how to be able to, to fight through that middle ground and see that God does work a miracle in our lives in the middle. 1 Corinthians 13 12 says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. One more time, short verse. I'm gonna read it one more time. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we'll see face to face. Now I know in part Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known you know anything about 1 Corinthians 13, it's it's the love chapter. It's read a lot of times at, at weddings. Uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, I did a ceremony for Chelsea and Tyler, and I read part of this scripture in 1 Corinthians 13. There's great word in there about love and what it means to love and how love is completely selfless, and you look to other to other people. But at the, at the end of 1 Corinthians 13, this scripture just almost doesn't even fit. It says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we'll see face to face. What does that have to do with love? It it doesn't really seem to connect the dots to me. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. If you know anything about who Paul was writing to in Corinth here, the church in Corinth, they they made mirrors in that day, but they weren't like the mirrors that we think of today. Uh, They were mirrors made out of metal. And as they made these mirrors and fashioned these mirrors out of metal, they would have them in their homes and they would look in these mirrors, but they weren't a true reflection of exactly who the person was looking in that mirror. If you've ever been to maybe a, a carnival and uh, a funny house at a carnival, how many of you remember those mirrors? Like you look in some of the mirrors and it makes your head look this big and then your feet look this big. You know what I'm talking about? So you look in those mirrors and they're wavy and, and you look all weird and you're a little dizzy looking at some of those mirrors. It's not a true reflection of who you are. And, and the people in Corinth would have understood completely what Paul was talking about here. They would have known that the mirrors of that day aren't really a true reflection of God's love for them or or of themselves. And the understanding that they have in that moment of God's love for them isn't a full reflection either. It says, we see now a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. And I think the same is true of the vision and the dream and the destiny that God places on our lives. So many times, We get it and we hear what God wants us to do. We hear how God speaks to our lives and and the plan that he has for us and it's incredible and we get a little glimpse of what it's going to look like but we don't see the full picture. And we go through the middle of our lives from the beginning of of knowing what God wants us to do with our life to the end and actually fulfilling that, hopefully, and living that out. But there's this spot in the middle where things aren't always easy. Anybody else with me this morning? There's this spot in the middle where things get a little difficult. There's this spot in the middle where sometimes we may want to, to give up on our dreams, but it's the middle part that God does the miracle. It's the middle part that God works out his plan and his purpose in our life. And we can't give up in the middle on the dream that God gave us at the beginning. I'm going to say that one more time. You can't give up in the middle on the dream that God gave you at the beginning. You've got to persevere. You've got to push through and know that you can accomplish that dream. The last 10 years or so, uh, we, as we've went out of town as a family, my mom has always bought a puzzle for us to put together. And this year was no different. We, we had a puzzle and the, the irony of it is this, mom buys the puzzle, she's here this morning, wave at everybody, mom, she loves getting attention. She doesn't actually, but uh, she, she loves buying the puzzle and she'll buy the most complicated puzzles to put together. She'll buy a thousand piece puzzle, but the irony of it all is that she doesn't help put the puzzle together. She buys this huge puzzle for us to put together, and this year I really believe Lisa and I agree this was probably the hardest puzzle to put together. It was a thousand piece puzzle, and every piece of the puzzle looked exactly the same as the other piece. And I think I have a few pictures of it here. Um, this was us starting the puzzle, and I'm telling you, it just it was difficult even to put the outside pieces together. It was hard to figure out all the pieces didn't really fit exactly where you thought they should fit. Then this is another picture a little further along. We actually have got a little bit more done and uh, I think mom is in the background laughing at us somewhere here because we're about to pull our hair out. Uh, There's I think I have two more. This is another with a little bit further along and then the last one is just a little bit further along and we really we didn't know if we would even finish this puzzle because it was so difficult. But we start with the outside. We put the outside together. We we get the perimeter together, all the the pieces on the outside. And then we start on the middle and the middle's the most difficult part, isn't it? The middle's the hardest part because all the pieces look the same. You're trying to figure out where they go, where they fit. How does this work out? Am I ever going to be able to accomplish and put together this this puzzle? And man, is it not the same sometimes with our lives? We know where we wanna go. We know what we want to do. We know the plan and purpose that God has called us to. And he gives us the perimeter. He gives us the parameters. He gives us kind of a skeleton of exactly what it is that we're supposed to do. But it gets confusing in the middle. It gets difficult in the middle. And I, I, even, I even said this. It says, we may get, this is kind of the, the message in a sentence right here. If you get nothing else today, get this. You may get a glimpse of the big picture, but God trusts you. I may mean, say me. Wow, that was definitely not everybody. Say me, (laughs) but God trusts me much better. But God trusts me, God trusts you to put the pieces together one by one in the middle. He trusts you to put the pieces together one by one in the middle. You may have a picture of God's plan, purpose, and destiny for your life, and that is amazing. But he trusts you to put the pieces together one by one in the middle, you know, I look at college major statistics and, you know, it's, it's not uncommon for uh, people that are in college to, to change their major. And uh, just some statistics here, it says of students that change their majors, 52% of math majors switched to another major. Yes, me too, if I was a math major. Any math majors in the room? So there's no nerds in the room. Okay. Um, But if you're a math major, you know, wow, that's difficult. You start taking those classes, start taking those courses. You're like, I think I want to do something else. 40% 40% of natural science majors switch their major. 37% of education majors switch their majors. 36% of humanities majors switch their majors. 35% of STEM majors switch. 32% of engineering majors switch. 32% of general studies general studies, what is it? People that don't really know exactly what they're supposed to do. They still change their majors. 31% of social science majors switch their major. 31% of business majors switch. 28% of computer and information science majors switch. 26% of healthcare field majors switch. What does this tell me? This tells me this, that, that when people decide what they want to do with the rest of their life, when they feel like that what their destiny and their calling is on their life, when they decide what they want to do and they start moving in the direction of the dream and the call and the destiny of their life, when it gets easy or when it gets difficult, sometimes they stop. When it gets hard, sometimes they decide it's time to change. Sometimes it's hard or sometimes they decide it's time to move in a, a different direction. And today I want to come and just encourage you today that in the middle of what you're doing, you don't have to stop. In the middle of what you're doing, you don't have to give up. If God's spoken something clearly to your heart, to your heart, when things get hard and when things get difficult, you can make it through that season and be everything that God has called you to be, amen? You can make it through. And so many, I think this is, this is a tangent, but I'm just gonna go there, just humor me for a moment. I think this is why it's so important for us to pray this prayer over our kids and over our grandkids and to let them hear this with our voice that we want you to do whatever you feel like God has spoken to your heart to do. We want them, for, for Eli Knox, Lisa and I, this is our prayer. We talk about this often. We want them to do what it is that God has called them to do. We want them to do that, whatever that may be, whether that's a teacher, whether that is a lawyer, whether that is being in ministry, whether that is, is being a, a working in a grocery store, whatever it is, whatever God's called you to do in the season you're at, you do that thing. Because I think so many times we, we put pressure on our kids to try and do the thing that will give them the most money later in life. Or we put a lot of pressure on our kids to do the thing that will give them the most recognition and and make them really important in a lot of people's eyes later in life. And and if we push that on them and we don't help them to understand that they need to do what God has designed and destined them to do with their life, when they get in the middle of something that isn't God's will and God's destiny for their life, they'll pivot and they'll move in a different direction. But if they'll get a hold of a vision of what God wants to do in them and through them, they'll be able to fight through seasons of difficulty. They'll be able to fight through seasons of change they'll be able to fight through seasons where they want to give up and if we can we do our students and and our kids and our grandkids a huge huge favor to them when we say hey we don't want you to do what we want you to do we want you to do what God wants you to do and when we encourage them to do what God wants them to do and they get a hold of the vision that God has for their life doesn't mean that the middle will be easy but it means it'll help them persevere through the difficult seasons in the middle. Amen, church? Amen. And even for you here today, man, you may, be, you, may go, you may be going through the middle of a tough season. But you know exactly what God has called you to. You know exactly what he's spoken to your heart. I want to encourage you today. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. Keep pushing Keep doing what God wants you to do. I love this quote by Henry David Thoreau. It says, "If one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life that he has imagined, he will meet with an with a, with a success." unexpected in common hours. Let me read it one more time. If one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life that he has imagined, he will meet with a success unexpected in common hours. What does that mean? The Anthony Martin version of that is this. If you will move towards your dreams, it will happen in your life in the middle. It'll happen in the middle. It'll happen in the difficult times, the times you want to give up. It'll happen in the middle. He goes on later in that same quote to say, if you have built castles in the air, your work need not be lost. That is where they should be. Now put foundations under them. Don't be afraid of what God spoke to your heart today. Don't be scared of what God has dropped in your heart to do because God can do that and it can happen in your life if you'll continue to trust him and push through the middle. I believe our dream and purpose begins with great enthusiasm many times, but then unfortunately comes crashing down not long after it gets off the ground. It's important for us to continue to trust God in the process. The middle it's where it all happens. And the goal is to finish strong and enjoy the journey. The older I get, the, the, the more I realize that it's about the journey, not the destination. Church, amen? It's about the journey, not the destination. And, and, and you may get to where you're going, but if you get to where you're going and you haven't had a good time doing it, then you've lost the meat of what the journey is all about. There's joy in the destination, there 's joy in getting to the destination there 's joy in the journey and if we can have joy in the journey there, that doesn 't mean that there won 't be difficult seasons that doesn 't mean that they won't, that we won 't experience loss along the way that doesn 't mean that that we won 't have times where we feel like giving up and feel like throwing in the towel. But if you can say, God, help me to enjoy the journey. Help me to find the joy in the journey. It's not just about the destination. It's about the journey. It's about the middle. So to be able to finish strong, we must embrace the middle. The middle is where it all happens, (laughs) The middle is where it gets messy. The middle is where you separate yourself from the, it's where the men separate themselves from the boys. It's where the ladies separate themselves from the girls. The middle is where you laugh. The middle is where you cry. The middle is where you sometimes feel like you're going to lose your mind. Anybody else in the house felt like you were going to lose your mind. That's why we have covenant counseling, guys. (laughs) We have this great partnership with covenant counseling and they will help you and say, hey, you may feel like you're going to lose your mind, but you can make it through it. You can give us a call. We'll sit down with you and we'll say, hey, we can connect you to covenant. If you feel like you're going to lose your mind, it doesn't mean that you're crazy. It just means that you're in the middle. If you feel like things are going crazy in your life, it doesn't mean that God isn't moving in your life. It just means that you are in the middle. Everybody say the middle. The middle is where you separate the men from the boys, the girls from the women. The middle is where you laugh, you cry, you feel like you may lose your mind. But don't be a Jonah. Stay focused on the promise. Don't go the other way. Don't turn your back on what God spoke to your heart. Continue to move forward in the plan and purpose that God has for you. The mission is accomplished in the middle. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. The mission is accomplished in the middle. Some of you, you think, man, I just can't wait till I get to the end. And God is is just encouraging you this morning and wants to let you know that the end is not where the mission is accomplished. The mission is accomplished in the middle, in your focus, in your determination, in giving your all in the middle. So let's talk real quick about what we can expect in the middle. I think I've got four or five things here, and then we'll close out today. What can we expect in the middle? People in the middle, they've got to understand the importance of community. People in the middle, they, they they must understand the importance of community. Everybody say community. This has been a difficult time for community. It's been a lonely season for a lot of people in the middle of this pandemic. But just because it's lonely doesn't mean it has to be isolating. There's a difference, and I want you to understand that. Just because it may be a lonely season doesn't mean that it has to be an isolating season. Sometimes God will take us through seasons of loneliness to draw us a little closer to him I've, had it, I've heard it said before that that loneliness is God 's cry for intimacy with him in our lives sometimes we can feel lonely but don't you dare isolate yourself in this season connect with other people people in the middle you 've got to understand the importance of community you will need people along the way to encourage you to pray for you to walk with you through the middle to let Let you know that you can make it. And guess what? People will need you in their middle for you to encourage them, for you to pray for them, for you to lift them up, for you to let them know that they can make it through their season as well, that they can get to exactly where God wants them to be as well. People in the middle, they have to understand the importance of community. Search for community. Seek it out. You need others and others need you. Look at somebody beside you and say, you need me. And then you tell them to say, I need you. Search for community. When you're in the middle, when you're in the middle, it may be lonely, but it does not have to be isolating. Find somebody. You'll grow if you'll connect yourself to the right people in the middle. You'll grow if you won't isolate yourself in the middle. Listen, it is it is the enemy's desire to isolate you and to get you away. It is the enemy's desire to keep you away from other people that will that will push you forward and make you better. But if you will connect with those people in your life weekly, daily, monthly, whatever you got to do, find people, connect with them. Find some people that will push you towards your dream and not pull you away from them community is so so important so this week I want you to do something I want you to reach out to three people this week and before you leave today I want you to take some time and write those three people down some of you know exactly who those three people may be and some of you maybe you've isolated yourself the last few months and you don't know who those three people will be I want you to reach out to those people I I, I don't want you to text them although I think texting is great I don't want you to email them. Email is great. I want you to do something like we have. We have these things that it's a computer in our pocket, and we can hold it to our ear, and we can actually dial a number on it and talk to somebody and hear their voice on the other side. I want you to call them, and I want you to encourage them, and then I want you to be honest and transparent with them, and tell them where you're at right now in the season you're in, and I want you to hear their encouragement back to you. Three people this week. Find those three people. Write those names down before you leave today because people in the middle must understand the importance of community. Second thing is this. People in the middle must realize the depth of God's love for them. It's easy sometimes to think we can do it, right? It's easy sometimes to think that that we can make it through and that Man, God gave me this vision, but I can make this happen. I can do this. I think that that happened. If you look at at Abraham, you know, what did God tell him? He said, you're going to be the father of many nations. And he had a wife, Sarah, that didn't have a kid. She wasn't even pregnant. And they tried, and it still wasn't happening so what did they do they tried to make a piece of the puzzle fit anybody ever done that ever had a piece of puzzle this happened with us just this past week we had a piece and we're like i think that goes there and we would make it fit and we're like, yeah, that feels good. That's great. I, I, look, I put a piece in the puzzle. This is great. But it didn't fit. And it caused problems later on because we would actually put pieces of the puzzle together that did fit. And that piece that didn't fit got in the way of all the pieces that didn't fit. I think actually, I think I put more pieces of the puzzle together that didn't fit than did fit this past week. And the problem is when we try to make a piece fit, we cause trouble for ourselves later on down the line when God tries to put the right pieces in the place in our life. So what we do is, is many times we, we, you know, we give Abraham you know, a, a, a rough time for this, but what did he do? He went and got Hagar. He said, hey, I'm going to make this piece fit. I'm going to make it fit. This is going to work. I'm going to put this piece in. This is going to fit. God gave me this promise. And man, I can do this. We can make this happen. I, I don't have to rely on what he told me. I, 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 know, I know what he said, but I, I'm going to make this piece fit. I'm going to do this on my own. And, and we know the story and how that one decision and how he tried to make that piece fit, man, it just messed up things. Even still, to current day, things are, are wrecked because of that decision and that piece of the puzzle that he tried to make fit in his life. You know our, our opening verse 1 Corinthians 13:12 out of the love chapter when we understand God's great love for us we won't try to make the pieces fit the middle we got to realize God's depth of his love for us and he loves us so much that he won't speak something to our heart and not allow it to come to pass in our lives He'll speak something in our heart and we have to trust him with that. The middle exposes a lot of times our true dependency. Do we truly depend on God or do we want to throw a little bit of ourselves in there and taint the vision that God gave us? We really got to lean in and trust the love that he has for us. If he loves us, man, he's going to speak things that are true life and life and, and, and good over our lives. He's going to do it every single time. What does he say? Man, I, who, who, asks, who asks for something good and then a father will give him a stone? Who asks for something good and then a father will give him a serpent? No, he's not gonna do that. He's gonna give you exactly what you need. Trust the love that he has for you in that moment. See, when, when the things we try to do for God, when they aren't fueled by the time we spend with God, we a lot of times begin to think we're God. And we have to be careful because we have to know that God is going to work this out. We just have to trust in him. He loves us enough that we can continue to trust in him. When the things we do for God aren't fueled by the time we spend with God, we begin to think we're God. And that's exactly what happened to Abraham. And it's not what we want to happen to us. Amen. Just a couple more. People in the middle must stay focused on the promise more than the progress. You got to stay focused on the promise more than the progress. You can make progress, but a lot of times it may not be in the right direction. Any golfers in the room? Any golfers in the room? A few of you guys. I don't play golf because I stink at golf. And it frustrates me and i i'm not good i I can go to top golf the driving range and just just have a blast because it doesn't matter if i if i hit the ball and it like goes 50 yards off the path it doesn't matter if i hit it and i slice it way over here i may hit it and it may hit somebody else in the bay next to me i know that's how bad i am guys i'm not good at golf But the thing with golf is so many times, you know, you can can hit the ball and it may go 400 yards. I don't know. Is that a good drive? Bumper? Is that good? Okay, that's pretty good. I don't have a clue. It may go 400 yards, but if it doesn't go in the right direction, it's 400 yards wasted. If it goes over here, it's, man, that's the wrong direction. But if it goes 400 yards in the direction towards the pin, guess what? That's progress that you can celebrate. Why? Because it's moving you towards the mission. Some of us, we have progress in our life, but the progress we're seeing in our life isn't moving you to the mission that God has for your life. It's progress in the wrong direction. Think about the Israelites. They get out of Egypt and they're walking through the desert. They were making progress every day. They were waking up and they were moving, but they were moving in the wrong direction. And some of us, we wake up and we get going And we start moving and the enemy has deceived us because we're moving in the wrong direction. And we think we're making progress, but we're not making the right kind of progress. It's not progress towards our purpose. It's not progress towards our mission. This morning, you got to know you can make progress, but progress isn't the marker. The marker is the mission. Progress isn't the marker. The marker is making sure that you move towards the promise. Progress is great as long as it's towards the promise. The progress towards the promise keeps us focused. So what are you moving toward today? What are you drawing closer to in your progress? Don't get confused. Celebrate the wins, but only celebrate the wins towards the promise. Only celebrate the wins towards the mission. The middle can be confusing if you don't hold on to the promise God spoke to you. Why does the middle get confusing? The middle gets confusing because we lose sight of the mission and the promise. We can't lose sight of the mission and the promise. We've got to keep our eyes on that pin. We've got to keep our eyes focused on it and move towards it. That's the kind of progress we want. And then the next one, people in the middle must live a mission is greater than me lifestyle. Everybody say mission is greater. One more time, mission is greater. Mission has to be greater than me. You can't be self-centered when you're moving towards what God's called you to in your life. There are, they, people, are people that understand the, the power of the middle and the miracle of the middle. They are mission-driven and not me-driven. What are you willing to sacrifice today for the mission? Because I don't believe that God calls us to something without carving something out of our lives first. And if we're moving towards something, he's gonna, he's gonna see how much we really believe in it by calling something out of our lives and helping us carve something out of our lives, taking away that heart of flesh, and re, that heart of stone, and removing it with a heart of flesh. We have to understand that, man, our mission is gonna cost us something. And we've gotta be willing to sacrifice me for the mission. Amen? You've got to be willing to sacrifice self for the mission. People in the middle that live mission over me, they never give their life to a what. They always give their life to a why. They never give their life to a what. They always give their life to a why. Why, why are we here today? Why why do we why do we why don't we exist as chapel? We are here and we exist as chapel because we want to see people make it to heaven. We want to make heaven more crowded. We're here because we want to see you grow in your discipleship and in your love of Jesus Christ. We want you to become a disciple of Jesus Christ who will help make other disciples of Jesus Christ. That is the mission, that is the purpose, that is the why we show up. It's great that we show up and have times of worship. It's great that we show up and listen to somebody speak on a Sunday morning, but that's the what. The why is we want people to know Jesus. And we want people to grow in their knowledge of him. We want them to become a disciple who makes disciples, who makes disciples, who makes disciples, who makes disciples, who makes makes other disciples. And when we stay focused on the why and not the what, we begin to understand that, man, we're moving towards the progress. And we sacrifice us for the mission because the mission is greater than me. Right, Chapel? Amen? So we're always moving to accomplish the mission. Jesus was our greatest example of this. Think about the life that Jesus lived. Completely selfless life. What did he say? He's like, birds have nests, foxes have holes, but the son of man doesn't even have a place to call his own. We were in our discipleship group, I think the last time we were together, we were working through Mark and we got to the chapter where we were talking about Jesus. He had to, he had to borrow a donkey to ride into Jerusalem. And we were talking about how Jesus, he didn't even have his own car, guys, <laughs> he didn't even have his own transportation. If we make it, if we if we bring it up to modern times, he he was just a wanderer. He was just a person that totally relied on on Jesus or totally relied on his father. What did he say? I, I'm about my father's business. I'm gonna do what he wants me to do. I wanna do what he has called me to do. People in the middle must live a mission is greater than me lifestyle. Jesus was our greatest example of this. He didn't waver in the middle. Did he want to? You betcha. Have you read about his time in the Garden of Gethsemane? Drops of blood from his forehead. He wanted to give up, but he understood that this was greater than him. It was bigger than him. He saw me and he saw you. And he understood that the mission was greater than himself. And we have to understand that as well. And then the last one that we can look at this morning is people in the middle, they must understand that failure does not define them. Failure does not define them. Do we have any failures in the room today? Anybody want to raise your hand? Yeah, all right. All of you that aren't raising your hand, you're lying, okay? <laughs> We've all failed at something, right? We've all messed something up before. So let me, let me try again. Any failures in the room today? Man, we're just a bunch of failures, right? Just a bunch of people that have messed, it, messed up. There's just a bunch of people that have blown it. That for some reason or another, God says, Yeah, I'll use them. Is that not incredible? A bunch of failures that God says, yeah, I think I'll use them. And then when you really dig into scripture, you realize that, man, anybody that was somebody for God in his kingdom were great failures. Gives me a lot of hope this morning, anybody else? That if God can use somebody that was a murderer for his glory and for his kingdom, then guess what? He can use me and he can use you too. Bunch of failures that God used to accomplish his purpose and his vision. People in the middle must understand that failure does not define them. The middle, listen to this. Somebody needs to hear this next sentence. The middle is full of potholes to try and convince you that God's plan for your life is not real. But if you will push through the middle and trust God in the middle of that progress, you will come out glorious on the other side for his kingdom and for his purpose. The middle is full of potholes to try and convince you that God's plan for your life is not real. I I love David in the Bible, very popular, very popular. Um, character in God's word. You look at David and, you know, he's he's in the lineage of Jesus. Jesus comes from the line of David. But David was far from perfect. Everybody was out to war, but David stayed back. And as David stayed back, he got called up in watching this girl Bathsheba. And as he got caught up in, in watching this girl, Bathsheba, he said, man, I want to make sure that I am I am connected with her. I want her to come to me. And he ends up getting her, her pregnant. He ends up doing something he shouldn't do. And then he calls Bathsheba's husband home and tries to, to make it look all right. And we've all done that, right? We mess up royally and then we try to fix it. We try to backtrack and, and make it, try to fix it and make it look right. But Bathsheba's husband won't, even walk in the home with her because all of his buddies are out to war. He sleeps by the front door. David's frustrated. So he orders Bathsheba's husband to go to the front lines. And basically he knows when he goes to the front lines, he won't be coming back home. He'll be executed. He'll be killed at war. And then the, the prophet Nathan, <laughs> the prophet Nathan comes to David. And what does he tell David. He says, David, imagine that you had this sheep and you loved this sheep. You cared so much for it. It meant the world to you. And someone came along and they killed that sheep. What would that do to you? How would that destroy you? What would that? And David is irate. He's like, I would have that person killed. I would, I would do whatever it took to make sure that the situation was resolved. I'd do whatever it took to make sure that that, that situation didn't happen again. I would take care of it. And Nathan, he, he, says, he says four words back to David that just made him realize exactly what had happened in his own life. Nathan, the prophet, looks back at David and says, David, you are that man and today I think that if Jesus were in the room to all of us failures in the room he would look at us and he would say you are that man you are that woman we're not as perfect as we try to be But it's only by the blood of Jesus Christ that covers our lives, that makes us everything that God desires for us to be. If you look at David, he repents. He asks God for mercy. He asks God to move in his life. And most people that know the story of David and they know the person of David in the Bible, when you say David, you don't say, oh yeah, David, the guy that slept with Bathsheba and had her husband killed. You know what David is is known for in God's word? They know David as this, a man after God's own heart. And people in the middle, they understand that failure is not final, it's not fatal. You may mess up and that's not an excuse for you to go out and blow it today, all right? But it is good for you to know that, man, just because I've blown it doesn't mean that God can't ever use me. Just because I've blown it doesn't mean that I have to change course. Just because I've blown it doesn't mean that I have to turn my back on God. Just because I've blown it doesn't mean that I have to get out of church. I have to get out of the covering of what God wants to do in my life. Just because I've blown it, man, i got to run the other way. No, just because you've blown it makes you available and makes you a person who God says, yeah, I can I can use that. If you'll repent, if you'll turn to me, and if you'll seek my ways, I can use that heart for great purposes. Carrying you off has helped a lot of pastors through this season. He says this. He puts it this way: "He says breakthroughs are often preceded by breakdowns." About a breakdown lately? <laughs> well, then guess what? You're a candidate for a breakthrough breakthroughs are often preceded by breakdowns. If you, if you've been battling lately in the middle, then guess what? Then, then you're a candidate for a breakthrough this morning. Don't you dare give up, chapel. Don't you dare give up because if you're going through a difficult season, it makes you a candidate for a breakthrough. One of my favorite scriptures, Hebrews 10.39, right after, probably my second favorite scripture, my first favorite scripture is John 3.30. John the Baptist says, I must become uh, less and he must become greater. Hebrews 10.39 says that, that we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. But we are of those who press forward, we believe, and we are saved. Hebrews 10.39, we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are of those who press forward and believe and are saved. We, chapel, are not of those people who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are of those people who press forward, we believe, and we are saved. Come on, does anybody believe it in the house this morning? and we are not of those people who shrink back and are destroyed but we are of those people who push through, we believe and we are saved even in the middle of the seasons of life where we want to give up we push through, we believe and we are saved don't you dare shrink back, chapel don't you dare shrink back, daughter of God Hmm. Don't you dare shrink back, oh man of God. Don't you dare throw in the towel now because God has you on the cusp of something great. Don't you dare shrink back. You believe, you press forward and you see God's salvation move through in your life and come through in your life. Don't forget in the middle what God showed you at the beginning. In the middle of even a crazy worldwide pandemic, guess what? God can use your life for his purpose, for his plan and to bring his kingdom down on this earth. Don't you dare shrink back. Don't you dare give up, chapel. Keep moving forward. You can be the example or you can be the excuse. It's up to you which life you live. You can be the example in the middle of difficult seasons, or you can be the excuse. It's up to you which life you live. You can be the excuse. You can quit. You can give up. You can throw in the towel. You can turn your back on God, and you'll allow countless other people to look at you and say, See, if they couldn't make it, I'm not going to make it either. I'm, I'm, I'm tapping out too. I'm going to, I'm giving up too. You can be the excuse for other people to fall away. Or you can step up and you can be the example and you can say, guess what? I am be be going through difficult times. I may be going through difficult situations. Things aren't the easiest right now, but I'm still going to serve my God. I'm still going to honor His name. I'm still going to lift Him high in the middle of this craziness because I know that I have a God who never fails. I know that I have a God who, like the song we sang earlier, who holds my hand in the middle of difficult seasons, in the middle of, of seasons of life. God is still there with me. He is with me. You may You may get a glimpse of the big picture, but God trusts you to put the pieces together one by one in the middle. Put those pieces together. Trust him with what he's spoken to your heart. Don't give up. You're doing a better job than you think you are. Keep pressing forward. The enemy wants you to quit, but God's desire is for you to win. The enemy wants you to turn your back, but God's desire is for him to take take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around and flip it on its head and make something great and good out of it. So we, we put this puzzle together. We didn't think we were going to be able to finish it for Thanksgiving. We were really worried about it. And, and we actually, I brought it here today. We actually, actually finished it. And maybe I can do this without oh, totally destroying it. Come on, God, this is supposed to work out just great. Oh, but, huh, I'm too short. We're able to maybe just a few more minutes. We're able to finish the puzzle. You know what? I think, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I don't think that, a lot of me thinks, I don't think we get here until we see Jesus face to face. I think, I think about people like, like Lee Pollard, that he, he sees the completion of the puzzle right now. <laughs> I think about people like, like Vic Flowers, who, oh man, all the seasons of wondering, all the seasons of, man, God, does this even matter? All the seasons of pastoring people and loving people. Man, I, I think, I think he, he sees the completion of it right now all those loved ones that that you've lost that trusted in God that loved God I believe they see Jesus face to face and in an instant it all makes sense so the miracle in the middle is this this is it the miracle in the middle is that God is making you look more like him Because it's not about us. He wants us to look like him. Amen. The miracle in the middle is, is the pieces actually coming together. Oh my goodness, we did not think all the pieces of this puzzle would come together. We had hundreds of pieces on the table. We're like, is this ever even, is this even going to fit? All these, there's no way we'll get all these pieces together. But the miracle is that all the pieces come together. The miracle is the picture coming into focus. The miracle is when we realize that, man, we need God. Because needing him is the key to knowing him. The miracle is God using us to accomplish his will on earth. Using us. The miracle is we don't quit. We're not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who move forward and believe and are saved. Fight through the mundaneness of the middle. Look back at all that God did and you'll see the miracle that God accomplished in the middle. Fight through the mundaneness of the middle and look back at all that God did and you will see the miracle that God accomplished in the middle. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we'll see face to face. Now I only know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully No. Anybody know the middle chapter of the Bible? Psalm 117. It's also the shortest chapter of the Bible. You want to hear what it says? I think it speaks to us today. It says praise the Lord all nations. Extol him all peoples for great, everybody say great. One more time, say great. For great is his steadfast love towards us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. I'm going to make it personal today. So praise the Lord, all you, chapel. Extol him, chapel, for great is his steadfast love toward you. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord let me pray with me today worship team I'd, I'd love for you to come back up and let's just sing that, that last song we sang together one final time let's pray Jesus we love you and we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness and God I pray that those that are in the middle right now God they would they would trust you when it's not easy God I pray that those that are in the middle right now would God that you'd pour your love out on them when it's difficult. God, I pray for those that are in the middle right now, God, that they will they will seek you, God, and they will find you and their hearts will be fresh to receive, God, the love, God, and the healing that they need. God, in a fresh rejuvenation, God, of, of your vision and your purpose and your plan. God, and I pray for us as chapel. God, I pray that that we wouldn't waver, but that we would continue to move forward in all that you have for us. God, in all that you want for us and that you, you, God, would get the praise and that you, you, God, would get the glory. We love you. We honor you today. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Just one quick question and then we're going to close out with worship. Anybody, you'd say... Anthony, I'm in the middle, and I just want you to pray for me. I'd just like for you to pray for me. I'm in the middle. I'm really struggling. I'm really going through some difficulties. Did you just raise your hand right now? Let me see your hand. Yeah. Anybody else? I'm in the middle. I just want God. I want God to give me a fresh rejuvenation and remind me once again of his purpose and plan for my life. Anybody else? There's a lot of hands being raised today. You're in the middle, and you just want God just to bring you through this season. want to restore your joy again. God, thank you for these hands, these people that God, they're fighting, and they're battling. God, I pray God, that you would bring a fresh wave of your spirit in their lives, in their hearts. God, speak to them. Remind them of their vision and purpose. Remind them of the mission. Help them, God, to trust you. Help them to seek you. Help them to find you. Even in the middle, you work. You have your way. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. You know, a lot of guys preach from knowledge. Some preach from experience. And so if you don't know a whole lot about Anthony, he is a UT fan. And if you know anything about UT fans, they've been in the messy middle for about 25 years now. So I found these. I figured you'd want these to wear when you watch. I I don't know if they're big enough yet, but um, no. <laughs> Lord, please do not wear those. Uh, now, Anthony is an encourager by nature, so it's always good to have a message of encouragement, especially when you're in the middle. In those middle stages, you never actually leave the middle. You go from faith to faith, and faith is only active in the middle. And uh, before we close up, I just had a couple of quick things that how, as a church, we're going to make an impact through the holidays. And so first and foremost, you know, we've adopted West Florence as a, a place we want to make an impact in. We've made a commitment to the city uh, that we believe through our volunteer hours, through our prayers, that we'll see crime rates drop, education increase, all these, all these stat, stats that we've been focused on. Uh, Melissa also works at the West Side. She's like the mother, the, mother, the godmother, the, the angel of the West Side. And so what we've decided to do with, with COVID and all that craziness, what we're trying to do is we're going to adopt a block and adopt a kid together. So what that means is adopt a kid next Sunday in the, in the lobby. There'll be a, a Christmas tree with the names of kids from the west side that we've been working with, investing in, adding value to for years now. And what we're asking you to do is grab one of those kids, just like the Salvation Army angel tree. Grab one of those kids off that tree. and It'll be three items. there will be some things they need and a thing they want. Grab those. Buy them. Bring them back to the church by December 6th. You can drop them off. And then that's where adopt the blocks going to come into play. There's three opportunities to serve for Adopt-a-Block. One will be to, to gift wrap all these gifts that people bring in. Two will help sort them out. And three will be to deliver them to the homes of these kids. And so we want to make an impact because we believe that as a church, we should make a tangible impact in our community we have been doing that for years here at chapel this is a very special opportunity so that's that's one way so one is adopt a kid next week off the christmas tree two you can serve at adopt a block by helping gift wrap those or delivering those or sorting those but three every year for the past few years we've done an impact offering that we talked about in the video at the beginning And so the impact offering usually goes towards helping move the the mission of our church forward, making an impact through our mission, because we don't take offerings for the church very often, special offerings, stuff like that. Uh, The past few years, we've done stuff like added our kids' room, our kids' space, this side of the building. We've added sound system. This year, instead of adding to the mission, we want to take care of some people in our church. And so what that means is this year has been difficult for a lot, a lot of families, a lot of different people. There's a lot of single moms here, foster families here, and widows in our church that we want to make Christmas very, very special for this year. And so our impact offering, all of that offering will go to helping people in our church. I'm going to say this as as clearly as I can say it. Our church spends hundreds of thousands of dollars a year helping people outside of our church. We don't do much to help the people inside of our church, outside of benevolence and prayer. We help in any ways that we can. But this is a very special time for us to help people in our church, and so all of that offering will go to that. We'll receive the offering next Sunday, December six. Uh, if you're online and, and you want to help, or you want to be a part of that, you can do both. If you want to be a part of Adopt a Kid, you can call the church office or email us at hello at wearechapel.org or call the church office, let us know, hey, I want a child, and we'll get you that information. If you want to get part of that offering next Sunday, we'll receive the offering just like we normally do at the doors, but you can go online, and there's an impact offering fund on the website, or just text your amount with the word impact to it, and I'll do the exact same thing. I believe it's going to be a very special uh, Christmas. I was thinking through some of the things that we've done this year. I think we've given more than $10,000 to other churches to help them in the middle. We've helped tons of families back at the beginning when they shut down the economy. We've helped tons and tons of barbers and hairstylists and, and manicurists. We've been a blessing to a lot of people and we're going to cap this year off by being another blessing. And so I just ask you to pray about what God would have you to give. You say, you know, I don't have much, $5. We want to make sure we're taking care of our family. We're all working together to make that happen. And so I believe it's going to be a very special Christmas. Would you stand up as we get ready to dismiss? And I just want to say... Uh, Toy's not here. She's going to Haiti next weekend to get our school started in Haiti at Chapel Haiti. Our teachers will not start until they meet with us, go through their contracts, and Toy prays over them. And so she'll be leaving for Haiti next week. But I just want to say from her and myself that we love you. We're very grateful for this body of believers, what God is doing. And there's things God is doing right now and moving in our church that is so absolutely amazing. I cannot wait to start unpacking that with you in the next few weeks and next few months. I can tell you, God has been working on for years and years and years, and we're going to see the fruition. We've been looking at the messy middle for years, and we're about to see the picture of what God has been doing. Father, bless these, your people. As they leave, I pray they leave with your hand upon them, that you guide them and you lead them not into temptation, but into victory, to victory, to victory, that you grant them promises and hope, you give them a future and a purpose. you allow for your light to shine upon them, your face to shine upon them, and that everywhere they go, they go into the favor of God. People recognize them as being with Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.